Hello, welcome, and thanks for listening to Carbon Climates, an energy podcast dedicated to discussing all things energy, carbon, and sustainability, but pointing out what's getting hot, aside from our planet. I'm your host, Enya, and today I'm joined with my Carbon Climate and co-host, Louise. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's you introduced. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, Louise. My pleasure, my pleasure. Of course, this is the first Carbon Climates episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an honour. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad, I'm glad. Like, yeah, you were the definitely the like the first choice in mind of my, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, before we get into today's topic, how's your week been? And how have you carbing? And can you tell us a bit about yourself? How has my week been? <laughs> do we want the truth? <laughs> do you want the podcast answer or the real answer? Yeah, do you want the podcast answer or the real answer? Yeah. Living the dream, man, yeah. Living the sustainability dream. Of course. Of course. Well, that brings on your job title. Like, what is it? It's a sustainability engineer. Wow. Very impressive stuff. Yeah. Very impressive. Same as you. No. Okay. And how long have you been in the sector as sustainability engineer? Uh, well, four years full time, and then I did my placement year in the sector, so we'll count that. Oh, very good. That's that was you did a placement uh, from Colwyn, and it was uh, geography. Yeah. Wow. Geography. Very good. That's like um. Did 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 you hear about this through like University of Ulster or? No. So uh. One of the people, one of the directors of the company, my mum's, my mum worked with his wife yeah. and it actually was aimed at my brother because he, he was doing like electrical engineering at the time. So she had said to mum, um, for him. And then I just asked if they had it because they had like, I, whenever I went on to look at the website, they had environmental stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was wanting to go down like environmental management mm-hmm. route. So I just I just applied and asked. And then I originally came in to do Bria, but mm-hmm. ended up doing all the simulation stuff. All the simulation stuff, yeah. Like wow, that's amazing. Okay, yeah. I can imagine. Imagine if you and your brother competing for the same role. <laughs> <laughs> this is such the gladiators. Yeah. I feel like they'd make a K drama about that. <laughs> I would watch it. Like I would watch it. <laughs> You've seen what I watch. <laughs> That's good. Well, so you're saying at uni, you've seen yourself in the environmental management sector. Mm-hmm. See, when you were at secondary school, did you ever see yourself in the sector? Do you, do you know what? I was actually thinking about this because mm-hmm. um, I used to go on holiday all the time as kids. They were like, like five years old. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I ever seen a wind turbine. And I was fascinated. Oh, wow. Like, my mum has photos of me and my older brother standing on the standing you know with the the access yeah. patch of a wind turbine just <laughs> <I'll smile laughs> like, we were both because like was it 2001 or something and we were in Ireland mm-hmm. didn't even know what a wind turbine was so me and me and Adrian were probably fascinated by these wow. things I think I, I from then I did sort of like that's quite interesting mm-hmm. because I was kind of being interested in like renewables and stuff but then did geography, went down environmental management route. So mm-hmm. yeah, I always kind of did see myself working in like renewables and energy efficiency and stuff from from that. But 
That's really great to hear. Yeah. Uh, for work experience, did you get work experience at school, like say in sixth form, sixth form or fifth form? Yeah. Yeah. Where, like, where did you get yours? I went to primary school. Of course, my primary school, <laughs> and all the teachers. I I couldn't actually remember half the teachers, but they were like they remembered me. I was like, I don't remember you <laughs> teaching me at all. That's so sweet. Yeah. You know where I did my work experience? Oh, that's oh, that's there. Yeah. And now look at us now. <laughs> wow! Wow! And like that's the thing. I feel like at secondary school, I don't know if you find it. I feel like teachers they put on a lot of pressure on you to maybe as oh you have to go do a degree at a yeah. like at, at a particular uni and you have to look at these jobs like push you towards certain jobs yeah which were like maybe science medical law based but they didn't even like you know put a thought up to like the likes of film yeah um or or even like apprenticeships or anything like that it's yeah. very much just go to uni mm-hmm. and because now i'm like i've come to the realization and it's simply because I think it's more well known now, but there was the option for us to maybe do a part time degree mm. and then also have a job mm. when we we're like nineteen twenty. Yeah. So rather than doing the full like three or four years uni, which you know, fair enough, it is a uni like it's an experience in itself. Um, we could have like you know, from nineteen got experience and like also like be getting a degree, so yeah. earning. Earning and learning. Earning and learning. Earning and learning. <laughs> I like that. But, like, th- yeah, that definitely wasn't publicised. Like, but I think that's only really good if you know exactly what you want to do. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Like, that's Like, if you were like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. if I went into geography, like, if I knew, if I knew, mm-hmm. you know, at 19, 18, 19, mm-hmm. you, know, you probably would have made a different choice. Like, if you knew, point blank, this is what I want to do. Because you see a lot of, even... In our company, like, that yeah, a lot of younger people coming in like school leavers because mm-hmm. this is what they want to do. That's like you know, it's just like God, I'm so so jealous of you. Yeah, like, knowing wow. you really made the right decision. Yeah, there. <laughs> knowing no what death. direction your life is going. <laughs> I stood alone. <laughs> well, well, thanks for that, Louise. And um, now, so we're going to move on to today's topic. Before we do. Ever, I've got one question for you. Hit me. What did the pirate find most important about the insulation? I don't know. The R value. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know what an R value is, that will be explained. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice segue. <laughs> That'd be a cool segue. R value. <laughs> Today's topic is actually called is actually focusing on EPCs, with this episode's title being. EPCs, energy performance is a cert. Okay. That was the first thing I came up with when I think like it was maybe this time last year, shooting titles back at you. I was like, energy performance is a cert. I'm like, this is it. Okay. Okay. Enough fun. Okay. (laughs) So myself and Louise are sustainability engineers and we mainly deal with issuing EPCs to clients for the final constructions of their buildings. EPC stands for energy performance certificate. For those of you who don't know. I feel like most people know. Yeah. However, I always like want to explain because even my friend, he was buying a house, I think a couple months ago. And I look, I, I looked up the, his EPC like to show, I was like, oh, what's your EPC? And he was such like, oh, what's this? Like, you yeah. know, this is, this is mine. Like that's, and I'm, so I'm like, oh, flip. maybe some people don't know yeah. that this is out there. 
Um, so like ABC stands for Energy Performance Certificate. It's a calculation which rates your building from A to G and gives a representation of how energy efficient it actually is. Even though the Energy Performance Certificate is only a couple of pages, there's a lot that goes into the calculation itself. Us, me and Louise are both um, energy assessors, both LCEAs, which stands for, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just like... <laughs> I'm just explaining all the abbreviations. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever want, if you ever get into the energy sector, you'll realise there are a lot of abbreviations. Some may say too many. <laughs> but LCEA stands for Low Carbon Energy Assessor. So for this, that means we look at the area of the building, the type of construction it's made up of. When we talk about constructions, we're talking about what materials make up the wall, how much insulation goes into it, how permeable the building is. When we talk about permeability in terms of building, we talk about the amount of the airflow for it, like the infiltration. Um, we also look at the heating, ventilation and hot water type of the building and also what the lights are. These are all put into a software a calculator and it spits, this calculator spits out a carbon amount, which is then rated on an alphanumeric scale. A from A to G. <laughs> Keep it simple in, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, I won't be trying that again, okay? So why is this important? Because all the buildings require a valid EPC in order to be sold or rented out. So, Louise, in your opinion, how, like, how valuable do you think people actually look at the EPCs? Like, how important are they to the function of the building? I guess the whole, it's just theoretical. Theoretical, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. It's not really a good, it's not really a good, you know, indication of how energy efficient the building is, I think. Mm -hmm. That's honestly. This is the inside scoop coming yeah. from directly from the energy. It's directly, straight from the source. Because <laughs> um, if you think about things like, you know, you can't, you can maybe not pass your building regulations, but still get an EPC of an A. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's like... Yeah. Would you be in the agreement that maybe an EPC reform is needed? Like, you know, different layer of the structures, like investigation into what is actually important? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think it, it is good because it's obviously it's comparing you, it's comparing your building to other buildings. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, not like for like, but it's as like for like as it can be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, no. Very, very interesting. Well, you also do operational energy reports, which are reports that are required for an energy accreditation like Briam for the building. An operation, they pretty much give the real life operation of the building. So what it's actually producing in terms of electricity, fuel, uh, what's being used, flow rates, etc. I I always do lists, like, you know, so yeah. and I'm trying to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. it's like a natural vocal. Like, exactly. Thing. Yeah, she doesn't. She does it in real life as well. Probably this thing with like swimming. Please, can you even test or something? Well, uh, so also like, do you also perform operational reports or put together operational reports for clients as well? And when you started doing that, did you see a clear difference between the likes of what's spit out in an EPC and then? What actually is going on in the operational report? Yeah. Mm -hmm, okay. You... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's not 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 all the time. One is, you know, the, the operational energy is better than than the EPC. Mm -hmm. But 
there is there is always a difference. Of course, there's always a difference because it's actually taken into consideration how a person is, is supposedly actually you know operating within the building and living within the building. Yeah. Um, like if you think about an EPC, doesn't really take into consideration your equipment gains. Yeah. Plug-in loads. Mm-hmm. Where they're massive in every building. And Operation Energy does think about that sort of stuff. So that's that's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. So yeah, that's great. And often, well, at the minute when we're dealing with different projects, we often get a document, a contract document that states a specific EPC might be required for the building, and this is purely a marketing technique. So people can advertise, yep, my building gets an A or a B or, you know, yeah. very snazzy. Uh, but yeah, like, like has it has it been annoying seeing that? And then maybe like you're on the project and it's always like, oh, no, we want to go like a route that maybe isn't going to achieve that EPC or. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially with the change in building regs. Oh yeah, change in building yeah. regs. You know, maybe yeah. something that ha- it's like something that allowed you to get a certain rating once mm-hmm. is not going to let you get it now. Vice versa. Yeah. Um, do you know what it is annoying in though? I think the EPC stuff. Mm-hmm. Off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unlike me. Um, <laughs> do you know whenever you look at houses and you look at the like. And it's a domestic assessor. Yeah. You look at domestic APCs. Mm. Oh, she's not just domestic. <laughs> um, do you know, like, well, obviously, older houses haven't. Are you going to talk about this? Should I just stop? Uh, you, like, what is it? I think I was, might bring it up in a later section. No, 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 but like, keep on going. Was this good? I was locked in because it annoys me every time I say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we talked previously about the training we've done, how we're both LCEAs. Uh, however, like I, like I myself, we've only been an LCEA in the past year, whereas we've been doing EPCs for the past, I'd say, five, six years. How old are we? Like, <laughs> in your opinion, like, what sort of training pathway did you prefer, or would you find? Do you think would be valuable to future energy assessors? Like, do you mean like, uh, do you think a more hands-on approach to the job? Like, oh yeah, learning, learning on the job, yeah, learning on the job, yeah. Really? I always think, I always think it's like learning to drive, mm-hmm. going to the university and stuff. You're not learning, like, yeah, you're learning the basics. You're learning how to, how things work. Yeah, and you're, you're getting a baseline knowledge of something, but you don't actually learn to do something until you're doing it every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you go into go into uni and learning like the theory behind things. Of course, that's always beneficial, mm-hmm. but you know, unless you're actually sitting down and putting that into practice, I don't think that information is retained or it's, you know. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I can't. I think I've. What is it? No, I've forgotten more than I've learned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But yeah, well, like, what particular guides do you find are helpful in your job? Guides, guides like you know the way we would use Sipsy guides or what one yeah. do you use most? I use Guide A. Guide A. Wow. <laughs> um, don't ask me what that is. <laughs> I am Guide A, the TM fifty nine for overheating. Yes. And uh, 
Huge new TM54 for operational energy. Right, yes. Yeah. TM, like, TM59, I was going to do a separate episode in itself, so mm-hmm. I'm happy about for that. Stay one. tuned, guys. Yeah, stay tuned to come <laughs> later. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's great. I'm trying to think what my favorite guide is. I use, I use like, as you mentioned, I'm a domestic energy assessor or, like, domestic own construction whatever the abbreviation again another abbreviation okay you should do a um a listener game yeah it's <laughs> this abbreviation <laughs> every time there's abbreviation it's like <laughs> get a point i think i, I do like sat manual because it's so bulky and it's about i think no i don't want to say 600 pages but it's it's 200 pages between 200 and 600 mm. You know, it's a good document range. <laughs> Tell us in the comments. <laughs> What's your favorite building regulations guide? If you had <laughs> one to read for the rest of your life, what would be a Well, as previously mentioned, for energy assessors, um, like us as energy assessors, we not only issue EPCs, but also building regulations calculations. These calculations are often associated with the energy and can be spit out from the same software that we simulate EPCs from. So this is and this is often the thing that clients maybe don't get that uh, part F or, or a part L building regulation bit built like you know building simulation regulation document is maybe different from an EPC. Like they're like, oh, it's even though it's the same model, same software. It's two different things. It's two different. It's being measured against two different baselines, not baselines. Two different methodologies. There we yeah. Your face there just so said methodologies. Look, I'm it's the national calculation methodologies. <laughs> so, summary: we submit an EPC and we often submit likes of a Burgle or SAP calculation with it. So, which is the part L bit. What would be your favourite between the two? Doing an APC or doing a Bruegel or himself? Oh. Well, um, um, probably the probably the Pardell in Bruegel because it like like I said earlier, you can pass your APC but not pass your building regs. There's more challenge. Yeah. In the building regs. Oh, you yeah, like a APC. challenge. I like a challenge. And you like a challenge. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, like that's interesting. Oh, and also, you find like with an EPC, with an EPC, you because we when we submit it, we lodged it, we get QA'd, and you often find that like I'm always really strict with what I can like put in, or I always feel like you know, oh no, I have to put in this default value or this value. Whereas a Burgle, I feel like you can like you know, I'm, I'm gonna see you. What it's like with yeah. with these types of lights or yeah. these this type of heat. Like yeah. the world the world's your oyster. The world's your oyster. <laughs> but yeah. Uh yeah, okay. Well, now we're gonna come into um a section that I think this might be the section you were talking about earlier, about Northern Ireland uh EPC and domestic regulations. So since 2012, Northern Ireland has operated under the same energy assessment methodology, which is equivalent to an English building regulations from 2009 for Part L. Which is ridiculous. 
What is, what is it? Which is ridiculous. Which, which, oh, yes. So I've prepared a wee short table, which kind of, like, it talks about all the changes that happened. And just a summary, pretty much when building regulations were changing in England, Wales and Scotland, they were staying the same for Northern Ireland. I'm going to give you the dates mm-hmm. onto which they changed. And I want you to guess what the coinciding event was that maybe stopped the change. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> So, in so, so 2009, okay. England got the 2009 software okay. for domestic, sof- the domestic energy assessment. Northern Ireland got the 2009 software for domestic energy assessment. So, 2009, we're both, we're both feeling fine. Okay. 2009, it's bad. 2012, okay. England updated to SAP 2012 software. Mm-hmm. Okay. England, Wales, and Scotland, I believe, sorry. Northern Ireland was told to stay on the SAP 2009 software. <laughs> okay, why? I actually couldn't find a coinciding cousin, cousin mm-hmm. event with that, so we'll skip that. 2016. Beautiful year. <laughs> so, the software is still SAP 2012. However, updates have been uh, provided to the building regulations. Northern Ireland is still on SAP 2009. Mm. Can you guess what the coinciding event was in 2016 that maybe stopped it from being updated in Northern Ireland? In 2016, was it the we didn't have a government? Well, that is part of it. Uh, but in 2016, Brexit was announced. Brexit, I was. I was going between the two because they were all both around the same time. Yeah. Um, so Brexit wasn't announced. And then I think it was maybe a couple of months after that our elections happened and then we didn't have a wow. moment. So yeah, that was great. And we still do. <laughs> we had for a bit and then they left. Yeah. They said this was nice, but uh, they're like, I'm away. Okay. I'm, I'm enjoying my holiday. Okay. 2020 is when the next update came. So England was still under the SAP 2012 software for uh, domestic energy assessments. However, SAP 10 software was introduced, which is a snazzy new software that took into account updated fuel, um, like carbon ratings for fuels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you guess what software Northern Ireland was told to stay under? 2009. <laughs> As you said earlier, there was no government in oh, Northern Yeah. <laughs> There's a theme here. There's a theme. Okay. Guess. Guess what's going to happen next. 2021. Oh. Technical booklet F1, um, part L2021. Announced it's like set an implementation date for like like an implementation date was set. So all new domestic energy assessments after a certain date in 2021 or 2022 were told to move to the SAP 10 software. Software, okay. Even though the regulations were changed in Northern Ireland, what software did we have to stay under? 2009. <laughs> 2009. <laughs> okay. Can you guess the coinciding event? Um about like why that had to happen we still don't have a government well and actually covid as well oh, okay. and brexit <laughs> all of them became the yeah. and i would just also like to stress the like you know previous it's not a political like podcast like the, these are purely my this is purely my opinion like but we do have a unique geopolitical setting mm. and it does severely impact the updates that received onto local bills and regulations. Uh, but yeah, so that's just like my research, what I found, you know. 
2009. Yeah, 2000. It pretty much, it, it has up, like, what is it? What it means that, like, even the software stays the same, the outputs are stayed the same, and we still just have to pass, like, you know, the the BR, mm. the, and they're just saying, oh, yeah, as long as that shows a 20% reduction. 15. like So you have to say, oh, yeah, look, I highlight in this. Like, you know, shows a 20% reduction. So the software could output a calculation that says pass, but you could fail. 15%. 15% for non-domestics are 25% for flats mm. reduction, and then 40% for houses. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's it's way confusing. Whereas, like, yeah. I know the non-domestic software the one we use, it flagged up right away. Like, you know, if you, even though the BER was lower than the TER, um, if it didn't get more than 15% reduction, mm-hmm. flagged up as a fail. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. only recently, though, because whenever the first the regs are first announced, you have to always do it manually. It's obsessed. Yeah. They don't make it easy for us in the building sector. Okay, well, that's great. Thank you for playing that sector i'm not going to move on to another (laughs) um i mentioned the title of this energy performance is a cert i think i'll call this always be certain (laughs) certain 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 certain. always be certain okay i'm just going to ask you a couple of questions and i want your best guess so we talked about how we perform part l calculations building regulations calculations on particular non-domestic softwares how many non-domestic softwares do you think are out there so we non-domestic non-domestic like different brands right close do you have the answer yeah 18 (laughs) (laughs) i will publish a link to a list of those softwares but yeah there is a there's a lot of them there's a lot more than three (laughs) there's only three that i know of but yeah so in 2020, the Energy Assessment Guidance for London came out and it showed that a certain carbon factor for a certain fuel had decreased over time, making it really like a lot better, a lot healthier. I feel like I'm doing my part of exam game. <laughs> but can you tell me that fuel? A decrease? A decrease. Doesn't it got better? It got better, yeah. Electric? Yes. Uh- Exactly. So over the period, the monitoring period from 2010 to 2020 mm. or 18, whenever it came out, they found that electricity had just dropped in the amount of carbon it was producing per kilowatt hour. And this is because of all the renewable and elements that are connected to the grid, making electricity a cleaner fuel. So yeah, that was, that was grand. So I've asked the question about and non-domestic software. So, as I explained, SAP 10, the like the new SAP 10 methodology, softwares have come out for that. Can you guess how many domestic bodies cover that software? I'm going to just say three again. <laughs> uh, close, four. <laughs> I meant non-domestic, I meant domestic the first time. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll bring you out of that, okay? Yeah. Okay, well... I want to move on to a section now. It's called What's Your Energy Performance? So this is a section where I just want to highlight how it is possible to find out what your EPC rating is and what your energy performance is. If you go to the .gov.uk website 
and go find an energy certificate, look up your postcode, find your address, and boom, there's your EPC rating. And you can show it off to your friends. Like, you know, compete. notes. Um, but yeah, I'm currently branding at the minute, so my engine performance, I'm not going to have too much to do with, but I think I'm sitting on a E or D. Like, it's pretty, mm. it's not all I get to be. But, well, like, did you look up yours at all? My, well, I still live with my mum and dad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, in this, in this, speaking of a crisis, <laughs> of <course> <laughs> I get my dinner made for me. I get my water. <laughs> can I? Can I go? Yeah. Oh, I... We're just there. We can move in. <laughs> um, they, we don't actually have an EPC. And you know why that is? Because it was pre-2001. Exactly. So, um, yeah. yeah, EPCs, they became a legal requirement, I think, for UK in 2005. Mm-hmm. I think even later for Northern Ireland. Yeah. There's only a document that I think 2014 that comes out being like if you buy or sell yeah, property you need to have an EPC. I think we moved I think we moved, I bought the house in 2001. Mm-hmm. I did actually look it up but we don't have one. And here if you're staying there you don't need one. You don't need one. You don't need one. So yeah be very be very interesting. Mm-hmm. To like you know, I come around. I do. Uh, uh, what's what's this <laughs> But I would also like to point, Alex. So I'm an on construction domestic energy assessor, mm-hmm. and this is the thing. There are many different types of energy assessors. <laughs> there is, um, well, pretty much on construction domestic energy assessor, and then domestic energy assessor. So domestic energy assessors, they can assess the building if it's been if it's an existing. So they are qualified to assume like, you know, lots of defaults. Mm-hmm. Whereas on construction, I pretty much, the contractor tells me what to do. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, this is how we built the building. I'm like, brilliant. You've got all your certificates there. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Whereas non-domestic, that's not the case. You can be qualified as a non-domestic and do existing and new build as well. Like, um, okay, well, Louise, you've been great to have on. Thank you very much for coming on. Do you have any advice for future prospective energy assessors looking to get into this sector? I suppose it's, it, like, it's kind of a niche mm-hmm. sector to get into. Yeah. Like we think about the like the place missions and stuff they get in, they typically come from energy degrees. Yeah. Which, you know, they might not push this end of work. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be hard for like, if I didn't do my placement here, I wouldn't have known that this was even a thing. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, just get out there. Like, mm-hmm. put in your CV. I think a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of companies are like, like to help young, like, my main advice to graduates is to not be afraid to say you don't understand things. <laughs> Love. Because I go up on the fitness all the time. It annoys me. <laughs> don't learn if you don't know. Oh, don't learn if you don't know. So you have to say you don't know what you're doing to be able to learn. <laughs> I am six years in this sector. I still don't know what oh, I'm doing. <laughs> we're just we're just living living on a prayer. We're just 20, 27 and twenty. I'm not twenty-seven. I'm twenty-six. <laughs> twenty-six and a twenty-eight-year-old teenagers. <laughs> teenagers. Uh, but yeah, okay, that's good. Well, like yours is actually quite insightful and like, you know, it's like quite encouraging to people. 
Mine was always be certain when issuing certs. Mm. Yeah. Nice way to round it off. Nice way to round it off. I want to clarify that as well. When you get into the sector, you're an EPC. Every EPC you lodge up into the system, it gets QA'd or it can get like queried by an external body. So you have to prepare evidence. So yeah, that that's why I feel like, you know, I feel like mine's more an inside one. <laughs> like, you know, people on the inside get yeah. it. You've seen Andrew um, whenever you, you upload your you upload your EPC for and it comes up down the bottom. If you are unhappy with your <laughs> contact, spell name, address. And I'm like, what if you're happy about it? Yeah. What about if you're just if you're happy? Like, <laughs> what do you want to say? Job well done. <laughs> Here, that I seen that EPC you did. You just lodged. Yeah. Really loved it. Good job. Your system efficiency, like you know. Wow. wow. Yeah. How did you do that? Oh, how did how did you do that? Can you show me? Can you show me? <laughs> this is the like yeah. I feel like <laughs> this is the delirium. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that is all I have for you, Louise. So again, thanks for coming on, and you've been really interesting to talk to, and you'll most certainly be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't wait to come back. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for listening to Carbon Climates. If you follow us on Instagram at carbon underscore climates, you can keep up to date with all our latest episode and any news or information and posts we might share. Okay, but thanks for listening. Bye.